Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Justin Fields injured. Tyson Bajan, the undrafted rookie, yet to take an NFL snap. He played at Division II Shepherd University of West Virginia, and now he will come on here to pilot this Bears offense. Yeah, and you've listened to quarterbacks that have come in situations like this. Sometimes they say it's better. You don't have a buildup all week long. Sometimes you just go in there, play naturally. Don't get caught up. Don't get nervous. Just go ball. Here's his first NFL pass, and it is a completion to Valus Jones. Quick pitch and catch on the outside. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. About to hear from Tyson Bajan in just a second, but it is Gabe Ramirez on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank, and it's not a game, Illinois.com. Obviously, I'm going to be hanging out with you till 5 o'clock, taking your phone calls, playing you guys some audio from the game. And then Mully and Hall, excuse me, Dustin Rhodes kicks everything off at 5 o'clock with the pregame show. Of course, following him, Mully and Hall going to be taking care of you. Olin Kruitz is jumping on with the fellas at 7 a.m. Olin does a phenomenal job in the postgame. If you're ever if you're ever out in the roads and just driving home from the game, like his insight, first of all, he's super passionate about the Bears. And his knowledge and what he sees is just different than what you see. It's just different. Got a guy that's, you know, played the center position for the Bears, for, you know. So great stuff. He'll be on at seven o'clock breaking down the game with Mully and Hall. DJ Moore, Chicago Bears wide receiver. What is he going to say after he went from NFC Player of the Week to two targets, one catch in the first half of this game? Made no sense. He'll be on 8 o'clock with Mullion Hall and then Brad Biggs. Biggs time. 9 a.m. to round out the show for Mullion Hall. And then Bernstein and Holmes, they continue it. The train continues to choo-choo with Anthony Heron at 11 and then Dan Weeder at 12. Parkins and Spiegel, they come on afterwards. I was uh, just doing TV with Spiegel tonight. He and Danny have Kurt Warner at 2.40, Mark Grody at 4 o'clock, and then Jalen Johnson, a guy who had, you know, and KJ Osborne had a couple of catches, but Jalen Johnson I felt like was all over the place. The Vikings had a lot of drops. and. Jalen Johnson was most certainly the cornerback that was covering a lot of those receivers when those drops happened. I know I shouldn't be yawning, my bad. Uh, But, again, a lot of stuff to talk about. Make sure you guys are here. Download the Odyssey app. Keep it on the score all day long so we can keep you updated on the Plumbers 911 Football Monday. And most certainly, everyone is going to be talking about QB2. Tyson Bajant. What did he have to say after his first taste of NFL action? Here it is right now on the score. Tyson, on the interception at the end, what did you see there? What were you trying to get done? Obviously, DJ singled up there. Yeah, kind of just like what you said, DJ Moore, one of the best receivers in the world, you know, one-on-one, anytime, you know, we can get that, we like it, uh, underthrew it there a little bit. Um, and, you know, that, that's on me, and that's something that, you know, I got to fix going forward. Is that a result of the pressure? No, I think that's just a result of me, you know, underthrowing the ball, got to give my guy a chance. Um, and, you know, note that, watch the film, and correct it for next week. Was there any uh, talk with you and Luke in the year about waiting for the two-minute warning in that situation? Did you guys want to get that chance off before 
Uh, no, there was no communication of that. You know, we're you know operating well on that drive. We're doing a good job of moving the ball, um, both in the run game and pass game. So, um, kind of want to keep things keep things rolling and you know not give the defense time to you know get a break and and re rally up. How, how different was this than the preseason game? Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's different. A lot more. Uh, you know, you don't you don't pressure as much in the in the preseason just because you want to see guys you know play fast and and do their specific job, but. Um, you know, football is football. Football field's the same size, 11 on 11. Uh, you're going to throw the ball or pass the ball. So, you know, I thought, you know, I thought it was, you know, similar, but, you know, different with the with the different pressures that they were showing. How did you feel coming out of the first game, first regular season game, throwing in a pinch like that? How did you feel? Any, how many butter, you know, butterflies, confident? Were you talking about how you felt going in? Yeah, excited. Um, you know, I, I, you know, playing football is my job, so I, I enjoy playing football. So I was excited to get out there. Uh, obviously, you know, butterflies. You're playing in front of so many people, and you know, the stakes are high. You know, in the NFL, but um, felt really prepared. Felt like the coaches did a good job of, you know, always preparing all the quarterbacks. You know, week in and week out, um, just because it's always one play away. So uh, felt good, felt prepared, and you know, excited. Say it again. Oh, uh, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Um, you know, asked me how I was. Told him I was good, and that was the extent of it. Tyson, can you take us through the strip sack? Um, yeah, so a little bit of miscommunication, but um, at the end of the day, I got to keep two hands on the ball. Um, I got to protect the ball. That's, you know, a big job of mine, you know, when I'm out there. So I uh, got to keep two hands on the ball and be more efficient in that area. When you come to the sideline after a strip sack, touchdown in your first drive, how in the world do you reset? Uh, you just got, you know, you just got to play the next play. Um, that's something that has always been preached to me. Um, and, you know, it'll do you no good kind of harping on, you know, the past or, or the last play. We got to, you know, think forward, move forward. And, you know, we had a game to, you know, try and win. So there wasn't really any time to sit back and think about that. How did you feel to get in the I felt good, you know, always a dream for every young kid, every young football player to play in the NFL. So the fact that I was able to, uh, you know, make it here, get in the end zone, um, it felt good. It felt good. So when were you aware that the, the center change was happening? And what did Lucas bring for you there? Say it again. When were you aware that the, the center change was happening? And what did Lucas bring for you there? Oh, uh, yeah. Both times when I initially got in, I took snaps with Cody. Second drive going in, took snaps with Lucas. Um, felt really comfortable with both those guys. And I think everybody, the offense as a whole, did a good job, you know, having my back and rallying around me and, um, you know, making me feel good, you know, while I was in. So I appreciated that. Have you predominantly taken more snaps from one or the other in practice just being with the twos? Who are you taking snaps from? I do a good job mixing it up. Um, you know, more times than not, I'm taking scout team reps uh, with neither of those guys. But I make sure that, you know, everybody, you know, each center kind of snaps a little bit different, especially under center. In the gun, it's kind of, you know, it's pretty similar. But make sure I mix it up, getting under center snaps throughout the week um, and in pregame with, with all those guys. I know, I know that most teams don't practice with their backups a whole lot during the week. How many snaps do you have in practice that work with the scout team this week? Um, you know, a handful whenever Justin has a long play um, or he needs to communicate about something that happened on the last play, you know, they'll throw me in there. But um, most of the time, you know, it's, just, it's Justin's show and, you know, we let him get as prepared as he possibly can for, for the week coming. A lot, guys, a lot of guys describe you as cool, calm, and collected. Uh, is there anything you do to steady your nerves in these anxious moments, or is that just something uh, something inside? Um, I, I think it just comes from... Uh, kind of not being okay until I have the game plan down. So kind of, you know, putting the pressure on myself to, to get everything down, understand, you know, what's going on in the game and what my operation needs to be. Um, and then after that, uh, it, it just all comes down to playing football and playing fast. So that, that's, I, I'd say that's where it comes from. If you are QB1 next week, how confident are you getting this team to a victory? Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, obviously very confident in myself um, and, you know, nothing changes for me, you know, since day one, I've been preparing as if I was going to play the whole game. That's just, you know, how I kind of uh, approach the, the game. I like to know what's going on at all times. So nothing really is going to change for this week. Uh, back to the drawing board, get ready for uh, get ready for Vegas uh, this coming week. Tyson, even though, you know, composure is a big part of your game, but it, this has to be a little bit of a whirlwind for you this whole day. What What, what is the prevailing of, uh, emotion you're feeling? Right now, after a game like this, that you're just playing, getting in, good things, bad things, everything. What 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 is the prevailing emotion you're feeling after a day like today? 
you know, I think more than anything, just wanting a couple of those plays back obviously would have liked a different outcome in the game. Um, I think after you kind of process and think about that, I'm just extremely grateful for, you know, the life I've been blessed with. You know, not a lot of people get to do what I do um, and win in victory or defeat. So, um, you know, I'm just, you know, super thankful for my family, super thankful for, you know, all my past relationships that helped me get to this moment. Um, but, you know, first we, you know, like to get back to the drone board and get a couple of those plays back and correct it, you know, for next week. And that's exactly what he's going to have to do. Tyson Bagent right there talking uh, to the to the media. So much stuff I want to say. So much stuff I want to say because you just. Bears. Bears are going to bears. Somebody called in earlier. Who was it? Nita. So why do why do you guys keep doing this to yourselves? You know the Bears are going to Bears, so why do you do this? It's because we're loyal, and here we are. Tyson Bagent came in third quarter, about six minutes to go in third quarter, and I just want to go over you know his drives from there. I spend a little time going over the drives of Tyson Bagent. So he comes in. First play, is that what that was? No, Tyson Bajan's first play was a pass, right? I'm almost positive about that. Just yeah, the uh, one on the sideline of Tyler Scott. That's what I thought, but I'm looking at this drive log here and saying that it was a run on their own 17. Rushed, Dante Foreman rushed to the left for two yards. Dante Foreman rushed for eight yards. And then there was a pass interference penalty. Then it was Tyson Bajan passed to Darno Mooney. Then passed to DJ Moore for two yards. That's what it was the second and one. Oh, my God. This is bad. Bad play calling. Oh, I see. You're right. Yes. Fumble touchdown. Forgot about that one. Ah, <laughs> oh, this just hurts my soul to relive this. So Tyson Bajan comes in with eight minutes left to go in the third quarter. Excuse me, guys. Let's pick this back up. Because I have some complaints about the coaching and the play calling and trying to put your guys, especially your rookie, undrafted rookie quarterback, in the best position to win. Bears defense gets a three and out in the third quarter. To start the second half, it was a three and out. Bears get the ball, five plays, and another three and out. Bears defense doing their job in the second half. Obviously, Justin Fields gets out the game, eight minutes left to go. First down, literally first down for Tyson Bajan. First snap of a regular season game in the NFL. They have him throwing the ball. Yeah, it was complete, sure. But you know how most times when, like, they say, oh, well, it worked, so you, you think I'm a genius in that moment. No, I don't. How can, how can you call a pass on his first play? Then the second play. Run to the right, Darrington Evans, six yards. Third play, another pass, which Tyson Bajan ends up getting sacked for a 10-yard loss, fumbling, and Jordan Hicks recovering the ball, who, by the way, Jordan Hicks was celebrating his 32nd birthday today or yesterday. Happy birthday, Papa. But the problem there, do we not see it? You, you called pass plays on two of his first three plays in the NFL. A guy that's going up against the defense that just sacked your starting quarterback on the first play of the game. Twice on the first drive. And you thought it was a good idea to build this confidence by having him throw twice, two out of the first three plays? Makes zero sense to me. They were not reacting well to the Vikings blitzing at all during the game. And they still thought it was a good idea to call a pass play there. The score was 12-6 to at the time. Very much within... Striking distance for the Chicago Bears. Like, talk about crushing a guy's soul. Damn, do I belong here? Right? Think about the questions that come into one's mind at that point. Do I belong here? Damn, am I overwhelmed? Do I suck? Like, I don't know. Deontay Foreman, do I belong here? Why am I not getting the ball more? I just ran for seven yards. It's second and one. What is going on here? So two two of three, two of the first three passes for Tyson Bajant or excuse me, two of the first three plays are passes. Don't understand that. Then Bears get the ball back again, obviously, because they scored a touchdown there. And on that six-play drive, it doesn't get any better. 
The very next play does not get any better. First, he runs to the left with Dante Foreman. Oh, what a, what an idea. Running the ball to let your quarterback feel a little comfort. Then Dante Foreman rushes again. No gain, but so what? So what if you, you this is what you should have done the first drive. Let it be boring. Let him get three snaps. So what if it's a three and out? The Vikings just had two of them. Two straight three and outs. So if the Bears have a three and out, so what? At least you give your undrafted rookie quarterback the opportunity to get his feet underneath them. Have some sort of level of confidence. Okay, uh, this isn't that much different. Oh, okay, I can't hand off the ball to Dante Foreman. But you do it in the second drive. So you go Dante Foreman, Dante Foreman, third down, third and eight. You let him pass the ball. That's what you should do. Run, run, third and manageable. Doesn't that sound like a recipe for what your undrafted rookie quarterback was coming in the middle of a game? That just seems right to me. I understand hindsight's twenty twenty, but that just seems right to me. So the pass interference call gets the Bears the first down. Tyson Bajan again is then tasked with throwing the ball again on first down. Passes Darna Mooney for a nine-yard gain. And now it's second and one. Let's live this, let's live in this moment in real time for a second. He comes out for the first time. You go pass, run, pass. And he fumbles the ball for a defensive touchdown. You get the ball again. You go run, run, pass, and you get the first down. Then you go pass on first down again, straying away from whatever worked or whatever was getting you there. You're on second and one. Second and one. And instead of getting your undrafted rookie quarterback a first down so that the drive can continue, easy first down. Pick up the easy ones. How many times do we hear Lucas, Luke Getze say, yeah, Justin needs to take a lot of the easier throws, right? Pull up that cup for me. Try to find that one for me, Tyler Farringo is producing today. I want to hear Luke Getze tell me that Justin Fields needs to take the easy throw. Tell me in my face again. I cannot wait till we get this clip. Because what? What's good for the goose isn't good for the gander? It's second and one, and, 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 and we don't take the easy way to get the first down? We want to get DJ Moore on a screen for the two-yard loss because that's what happened. Now it's third and three, and instead of getting the ball against DJ Moore, you're in Minnesota's territory, so the assumption is you're going to go four downs anyway. Why not give him the ball? No, you throw another pass to Darnell Mooney. A nice little screen. Awesome. Incomplete pass. Then it's fourth and three, and you pass again. Talk about killing a young man's confidence. This is exactly what we're seeing. This is what the coaching staff is responsible for. Bears turn the ball over. And, of course, give Minnesota an impeccable field position. Fortunately, they missed the field goal there. It was a 57-yarder. Defense again coming through. So in the third quarter, the Bears' defense was playing at an unbelievable level. Three and out, three and out. Six plays, 16 yards, missing a field goal. That was the third quarter of the Chicago Bears. Oh, my God. Actually, four out of the first five possessions for the Minnesota Vikings in the second half resulted in the three and out. I think we got to live there for a second. We got to praise the Chicago Bears defense. We know they played well. I kept talking about the intensity. Didn't give up any points in the second half. Let's be very clear. That was a defensive touchdown, so didn't give up any points in the second half. Four out of the five possessions were three and outs. Four out of the first five possessions. One of them was a six-play drive that resulted in a missed field goal. And the sixth possession for the Minnesota Vikings in the second half was the essentially where Kirk Cousins ended up you know, taking a knee on fourth down because they milked the clock all the way down to the end. Great job by the defense of the Chicago Bears today in the second half. Unfortunate that the offense couldn't pull their weight. And I blame I do blame it on the coaching. I do blame it on Luke Getze and his inability to effectively execute a game plan. Tyson Bajan, 10 for 14 on the day. 83 yards, one interception. Justin Fields, 6 for 10 for 58 embarrassing Dante Foreman 15 rushes 65 yards looked well 
looked great, averaging 4.3 a rush. And on second and one, third and three, fourth and three, said, nah, we're going to pass on Dante Foreman. The offensive line, you know, on the run game was looking good. Darrington Evans stepping in big, nine rushes for 32 yards. Valus Jones Jr., two rushes for 15 yards. Had a nice little sweep. Are you equally as frustrated as I am? Phone lines are open right now. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Just curious, like, what are you, what are you the most frustrated about? The play calling like I was? The fact that Justin Fields regressed? The fact that DJ Moore had one catch in the first half after winning NFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. A lot of frustration to go around. The fact that 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 that, that Coach Eberflus couldn't give us a straight answer as to why there was a switch at center in the middle of the game. We all know why. We saw it. But again, there's a lot of things to be frustrated about, and, and phone lines are open. 312-644-6767. I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts, Bears fans? I'm working this overnight shift so we can chat. We'll take your calls on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, live and local, for you. Overnights on 670 The Score. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. It's a Plumbers 911 Football Monday here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez... It's all presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. A lot of stuff going on today. We're going to play a little bit of Olin Krutz and Lawrence Holmes today from the post game. Just listening to their immediate reaction is something that I most certainly wanted you guys to hear because some great insight by Olin Krutz and Loho. And Lo did a great job filling in for Mully today. Got to say that as well. Um, and of course, Mully uh, will be uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed, ready to go today. Olin Cruz is going to be hanging out with the guys at 7 a.m., DJ Moore at 8, and then Brad Biggs at 9. Then Loho will be on the air with Dan Bernstein today, talking to Anthony Heron at 11, Dan Reeder at 12. Parkinson Spiegel got a nice little trio for you. Uh, Kurt Warner at 240, Mark Grody at 4, Jalen Johnson at 5. This is what you want. Keep it on 670 to score all day. If you are listening on your way to work, Maybe on the Odyssey app while you're at work. Or you can always listen to the podcast versions of everything on the Odyssey app as well if your boss is a stickler. Um, all right, so Lawrence Holmes, Olin Krutz, immediate reaction following the Bears' loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Check it out here on 670 The Score. And we are going to talk Chicago sports with the Bears making for a horrible Sunday for everybody. 19-13 to 13 is the final against the Vikings. We are going to take your phone calls. We are going to take your text messages, and they go to the same place. 312-644-6767 is the number. Olin, what did you think of what you saw? Uh, Just disappointed. Came in with a lot of hope that this team was moving in the right direction, that uh, our quarterback and our offensive line could handle what Brian Flores was going to send at them, that we would have a good plan to go up against the Minnesota Vikings and 
Uh, none of that came out true. Obviously, we lose the turnover differential. Uh, just not the game we wanted to see coming off that big win Thursday night against the Washington Commanders. And, and Lawrence, you asked, asked a great question in the pregame show. You said, how would they handle winning and success? And it didn't look like they handled it well. No, it, it didn't look like they handled it well. And I, I'd, I'd love to know from an actual trained eye because I – I probably won't even have a real idea until I go back and watch it. But mm-hmm. early on in the game, I I felt like the the game plan and the game calling was a, a little bit more conservative than I was expecting on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I felt like they were going to move the pocket a little bit for Justin Fields, knowing that uh, Brian Flores was going to come after him a little bit, right? So uh, I know they wanted to run the ball just to keep try to get him to stop blitzing, to slow down those blitzes a little bit. But I just felt like keeping him in the pocket and trying to max protect everything wasn't the way to go. Now, Kirk Cousins did uh, burn Coach Flues a little bit early on the blitzes, which probably scared him out of the blitz a little bit. But like you're saying, uh, later in the game, the defense had an edge. Uh, They were coming after him a little bit. And I hate to get on the defense when uh, they only gave up 13 points. Six of those points uh, was a fumble recovery for a touchdown when Beijing came in. So... Uh, defense did play well enough to win. Obviously, if you're looking at just this game and why you lost, right, the turnover battle was huge. The fact that the offense could have moved the ball was huge. But in the bigger picture, Lawrence, the frustrating thing was the hope was coming to this game. We we're going to see these young players still playing well, still taking a step. Now, they did run behind Darnell right early, and he was dominant early. They lose Nate Davis on that sideline. They got to go to Jatari Card. They got to bench Cody Whitehair for snaps. Just a lot going on in this game that reminded us this is a young football team that has a lot of improving to do and a lot of proving themselves to do there at Hallis Hall. You were talking about it in the pregame show when we talked mm-hmm. to Mark Grody. And Mark Grody had talked about how you know there weren't a lot of practice snaps that were being taken uh, mm-hmm. by, by the quote-unquote backup center. And it's, it's so interesting to me that you could live in a space – where you're not doing everything possible to be prepared to play. And and forget about like all the work that goes into preparing for a guy like Brian Flores, the simplicity of making of ball security and getting the ball to the quarterback seemed to be lost in in what's happened over the last 10 days. Yeah, and they talked about web ball Wednesday, right? So, uh they they are concentrating, I guess, on ball security, but I just found that uh, an interesting comment to make that that you know the backup center uh, did go away from snapping the ball. So when Grody said that today, obviously as a former center, I, I was a little, I guess you would say, taken aback by it, right? I was like, uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. He should have at least, at least be snapping to Bayesian pre-practice, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Working on these, these things that we have to work on and uh, getting some work throughout practice, maybe in the late week two-minute drill where the offense goes against the defense and it's live there. But uh, like you're saying, Lawrence, but but look, man, um, Cody Whitehair is this goes back to the plan, right? You have to always go back to the plan and who planned for him to be a center. You have two staffs now, uh, now three coaching staffs decided that Cody Whitehair wasn't a center, right? So your early plan of the year to me is just fascinating that, oh, but we're going to be the ones that move Cody to center, right? Cody is a good left guard, solid NFL left guard plays at a pretty high level there at left guard, but we're going to move him all around. And to me, you're just kind of playing with fire there. We're going to be here until 5 o'clock. We're going to take your phone calls and your text messages, 312-644-6767. I imagine some people are making it to their car right now. The folks that were watching at home are furious and frustrated. And Olin's right. This This was the game where if you had any sort of thought of getting yourself back into contention inside of the NFC North or just the NFC playoff picture. This was a game that you had to win and you had everything looking your way. You had extra time to prepare and to rest and to get injured players back on the field. And a bunch of those players got back on the field and it seemed to make a difference defensively for the bears in this game. You had momentum the idea of you won a game and you knew what that felt like you were the healthier team because their star player was not available in this game 
And that's the performance that you got. Not great. Mm-hmm. Not great at all. No. Not at all, Lawrence. If you go back to the first play of the game, right, after the first kickoff return by Vilas Jones, who had a pretty good return there. Um, you know, I'm just watching it, uh, Lawrence, and I'm thinking you're in empty formation. Like, this isn't Aaron Rodgers, right? You're in empty formation, and Woonham comes free and gets a sack. And obviously, uh, that's Justin Fields' guy. Like, he has to know they brought too many guys for the offensive line to pick up, right? Like, he has to know that. But it just seems to me, again, you're trying to fit him into Aaron Rodgers' offense. Like, if you're the OC and I'm the OC, if I have Aaron Rodgers and you're blitzing me, I say, good. I spread the field and I pick you apart, right? But if I have Justin Fields, I'm going to be a little more creative with, with trying to get him out of the pocket, uh, running the ball behind Darnell right early. But then the first play of the game, you put him in empty where he has to read the defense, he has to read the blitz, and now he's, he's hit on the first play of the game and he misses the blitz. I mean, it just it's just, I don't know... And that falls on both of them. I'm not taking the blame off Justin Fields. He has to know that that extra guy is coming. He has to get the ball out. But it's just kind of, to me, to put him in that situation that early, uh, it's just an interesting decision to me. It, it is. And there's a lot that we will discuss here on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. But let's get to some phone calls to start things off. 312-644-6767. We are live and local. Let's start with Chris in Evanston. Hey, Chris, you're on the score. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, you know, you guys been hearing me say it now for three years, but we're in a different position right now. I mean, this is not some vaunted defense. It's just a defense that blitz. And a quarterback's got to figure out, like Olin just said, where's the pressure coming from? He has a responsibility. I don't hear any other quarterback getting more excuses made in three years for why he's not successful. I, I, I'm just tired of watching it. I watched Oregon, Washington last night with my guy Penix. I mean, we got the future of the franchise on the line. This is the guy we're going to stick with. This is the guy we're going to stick with. Get rid of him now. I didn't see nothing today that makes me believe, ooh, we lit up the worst defense in the NFC last week. And when I watched the All-12, he's throwing balls after the receiver's already on on the hitch route, and then the receiver goes for 150 yards after the catch. I mean, what are we doing here? What, What are we holding on to this guy for? I appreciate the phone call. If you were watching the All-12, then you were watching the Canadian Football League. So, so I mean, I, I don't know what, what CFL team is in Chicago, but I want to get their jersey if they're, if they're here. Yeah. Well, and, and to his point, Lawrence, I mean, t- today was a step back for Justin Fields, right? And no we doubt. talked about in the pregame, we talked about this is what happens in the NFL, man. You have one, two really good games, and then the the the, the – the system you have to prove yourself against, the one you struggle the most against, the defensive coordinator that you have to prove to everybody you can beat this kind of defense. All of a sudden, that guy shows up, man. And that's, But that's why the NFL is great. And Justin Fields had a chance today. Now, it wasn't all on him, right? The offensive line, we talked about air traffic controller uh, in the pregame show. The offensive line struggled organizing the blitz and picking it up, as you saw, with running backs on big guys. That's not supposed to happen, and that means somewhere, somehow, the communication got messed up. You would think that that Daniil Hunter would be a guy that you would circle and Mm -hmm. say, we cannot have just a running back block this guy. What happens on a play like that? Is that a something not getting relayed out, out to Darnell Wright in that situation? Yeah, it sure looked like it. It looked to me like they slid the line late. Like they had one one protection on, and then they re- try to redirect it uh, right at the snap, which which uh, it happens sometimes. But that goes back again to not playing a lot of center and not knowing the timing of okay, now I can make a call. Now I better let it go. I- I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I made that mistake many a times. Right? You're out there trying to make a play as a center. You're out there also as a center trying to be a multiplier and get your offense in the best position to execute a play. But you just have to realize you have a young rookie right tackle. He may not get the call. You have a new right guard. So Nate Davis is not there. So he so does Jatari Carter. Now you have to make the call. Jatari Carter has to relay the call to a rookie right tackle. He has to change the protection on the run. It's just things like that, Lawrence, that go on within the snap. Uh, it's not an excuse. It is. It's what happens. And they do have to get that right. But that's how something like that happens in that situation. Let's go out to Steven, who's calling us. Hey, Steven, you're on the score. Hey, guys. Uh, what a disappointing 
utter incompetent performance by the Bears and the entire coaching staff. And, uh, you know, they had 11 days to prepare for this game. And yet throughout the game, the Bears offensive line couldn't uh, hold up against the uh, the Vikings uh, blitz, you know, with six and seven man passing fronts. And then they didn't even adjust to it very well in the game. And watching Daniel Hunter just walk past Darnell Wright and just slam fields that which caused that uh, wrist injury probably was the uh, the sign that uh, maybe Fields' time in Chicago is over and probably the end of the uh, 2023 season as well because this team is not going anywhere with Tyson Bagent uh, as a quarterback. He he did rally, but that interception was severely underthrown, which kind of shows his limitations. So I hope, you know, the Bears fans are probably going to stop saying that uh, he's the answer or any of that kind of nonsense moving forward and uh, – you know, both Eberflus and Getze, unfortunately, just can't seem to build upon any sort of a success as a as the coaches. And this is more on the coaches than the players in regards to the uh, today's loss, in my opinion. And I'm done with both of them because they haven't proven anything, and they can't be consistently trusted to lead this organization. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the phone call, Stephen. Uh, Olin, what do you think of what you hear from Steven when he's talking about how the, the coaching staff uh, deserves a big brunt of the, the blame for this game? Yeah, it's, Steven is right on some points and wrong on others, right? When, when you listen to him talk about Daniel Hunter walking past right, I think that was a, actually a three-man rush, and it was after a while when Justin Fields is rolling around that pocket. Yep. And then uh, as far as badging goes, uh, um, he, he got hit on that ball. That's why he didn't get it out there. But uh, as far as the coaching staff goes, today was just disappointing all around, right, Lawrence? Like, we, we talked about how do you handle winning. Uh, you heard Robert Smith, the great running back from the Minnesota Vikings before and out of Ohio State, talking about details. When teams are this close, it's all about details. And really, you could say if you look at the stats and the way the teams played and moved the ball, you could say the Bears outplayed the Minnesota Vikings, but the takeaways killed them, Right. And that's why the Minnesota Vikings were losing all the games. They were leading the leading takeaways today. They win the takeaway battle. It does fall on the coaching staff to get the team ready. Uh, Lawrence, you said, and, and I'll keep repeating this, you said, how are they going to handle winning? And, and when you ask that question, it's the coaching staff that has to set the tempo in the building, set the standard, and let the team know immediately that the win against the Washington Commanders is over and all that feel good that we were going through is, is out the door, and we got to beat the Minnesota Vikings. So we're, we're waiting for word from the locker room, and I don't expect that we'll get a bigger update than the one that we got during the game. Justin Fields' throwing hand, so his right hand, it, it was the reason that he was out. And, I mean, I hate to, to put an injury on a player, but what you said, Olin, where, where we're talking about held, three-man rush on that play, five-man protection, and – you hold the ball for so long that then you get stuck in a situation where you don't accept the sack and you're trying to throw the ball out of bounds and it puts you in a precarious position and you end up hurting your hand. When a player doesn't return, that's always a bad sign. When they go from questionable to out inside of a game, that's always a bad sign. My hope is that this was just a precaution and they're going to find out that Justin Fields is okay, but it doesn't seem like that is the case. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, and it looked like that right wrist or whatever he had hurt there. I don't want to take any guesses, but it looked like it was a pretty bad injury just by the look on his face, right? And they also lose uh, their right guard doesn't come back in the game, right? So two of the guys that we gave a lot of credit to last week for the Bears playing well and looking like we didn't expect them to look, uh, they go out of the game. You know, it's it's, it's the situation that even though they play bad all game, the situation that the backup quarterback was in, that's the situation we want to see Justin Fields in, right? Trying to win the game late in the game and drive the team down even after playing bad all game. So it's too bad we don't get to see him because he gets injured there. And like you're saying, probably takes an unnecessary hit there in the pocket. That's a, you know what? That is a very, very, I, I like the diplomatic way that you said that, Olin. That is, I, I'm going to mm-hmm. use that this week. Uh, Alex is out Lakeview. Hey, Alex, <laughs> you're on the score. Hey, hey, how you doing? Good. How so are you? My biggest issue, 
I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, but uh, my biggest issue here was right away when Fields was out there playing, they were run heavy, and we're out of our top backs. And I know Dante Foreman's a great guy. He's a great back. But when you run heavy and then you get Batson in there, and then they change to a pass offense, I would have loved to see what that would have done. However, that makes me see maybe the coaching has trust issues with Fields. I have no idea what's going on there, but it seems very odd to me that they would change up their play calling so vividly in that second half. I don't know about you, Olin, but it doesn't seem that strange to me where you have a rookie quarterback who's taking a major leap in, in, in the type of players that he's going up against. I, I feel like to get him comfortable, you're, you're, you have to rely on a run game to just get him into the game and make it so that he doesn't feel like he has to do it all by himself. Am I off base on that? No, I, I, I know what the, the, the caller is saying. They, they came out and they, they, they were having success with the run, right? So um, Getsy kind of stuck with it and was trying to stay with the run and, and then take shots off of the play-action pass. I mean, the only problem I had today was the fact that, uh, Lawrence, I was texting you during the game. I was like, have they moved the pocket yet, right? And they had. And I don't know, and, and I don't know if they did today. Like, I didn't see a sprint. I didn't see much of a boot. So their plan wasn't to move the pocket to change the aiming point uh, uh, of the defensive line of the blitzes. And and it doesn't mean you do that on every play, right? It doesn't mean you boot and sprint, but it does mean you do it, right? It does mean you do move the the launching point so the defense can't just run at one spot. And you know with the, the Vikings, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if you, I, I'm sure you remember, but Jim Johnson, the old defense coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Come get who you. used to love to blitz. Yeah, and, and they would green dog, which means if their guy blocked, they would come get you. That means you can't have enough guys in the block, right? So it, it reminds me of that. So even if you go a seven, eight-man protection, uh, eventually you're going to be outnumbered. Eventually you're going to have a lot of one-on-ones, especially after you lose Nate Davis. Uh, that was the only part of the plan that I didn't like. This is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. I'm Lawrence Holmes sitting in for Mully. Olin Krutz is here. We've got a lot to discuss, and we're going to continue to take your phone calls, 312-644-6767. You can also text the show if you want, and you can watch on Twitch. The show is on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Let's go out to you, Jason, who's in Plainfield. Hey, Jason, you're on the score. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing? Good, what's up? We were at the game, we were at the game today, and it just uh, was very lackluster. They didn't look like they were pushing very hard in defense offense, kind of sitting back a little bit. Um, I'd like to see a little more, like, aggression, right? They didn't go very hard. What do you guys think about that? So were they aggressive enough is kind of the question here, and I guess you probably have to define what that means. I. What would it mean to you, Olin, and did you see enough of it? Uh, I, I guess what he means is, is uh, the effort that the, the players are putting forth, right? And, and I didn't see that. I, I have to disagree with Jason there. I thought the execution uh, wasn't there. I thought, um, you know, we weren't, we weren't picking up the blitzes. We weren't getting the ball out. I, I thought we weren't recognizing fronts on offense, right? I know offensive side of the ball I'm talking about. And then on defense, obviously, pressure continues to be a problem. Uh, from the front four, but uh, I, I thought, unlike maybe the Green Bay game when the players said they didn't feel the energy, I thought there was energy in the stadium, and I thought they were trying to get after it and win this game. It just seemed like uh, they couldn't make the play they had to, to make it, and it, we couldn't get our best players like DJ Moore involved in a game. Like, there's always guys, right, if you're a coach, Lawrence, you have names on your play calling sheet, and I'm sure even on defense you do, and they're your energy starters, right? They're your guys who get your team going uh, that you know on the sideline when, when the team sees this guy make a play, it gets all the juice flowing. So it just didn't seem like they could get those guys the ball. Before the game, you talked about how we could see more one-on-one with Murphy, that they might mm-hmm. not have to bracket him, that they could use some, some one-on-one situations and man coverage stuff with Murphy. Do you think that he did an effective job of taking more out of the game? Yeah, I, I thought that he did, obviously, just by, by his numbers, right, while Justin Fields was in the game. I know uh, uh, when Beijing came in, they, he, hit, he hit him a couple more times, and he got his numbers up a little bit. But 
I, I do think that you know Murphy is a good he's a good he's a good cornerback as as we all saw right and and we knew that coming into the game that they probably felt like they had a good matchup against Moore if they wanted to do what the Commanders did in the second half of last week's game that that you know Fuller was right there for that interception or tip ball so if they wanted to do that uh, they could also be right there and they would think and they think Murphy is better than Fuller so they could think they got a better shot. And that proved to be true, although a few times, Lawrence, I don't know what you thought, but I thought, even though it looks like Moore's covered, let's get him the ball anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the things that Eberflew said. I actually wrote it down where he came out at, at halftime and talked with the, the reporter at halftime and said that they have to get the ball to DJ Moore, that, that they have to take opportunities to try to get the ball to DJ Moore. So... I mean, they they understood what type of game he had last week, and that he should probably, you know, be a be a force in this game. But you have to be very careful about that. And and I wrote it down. It, it happened at one forty seven. Eberflew said they have to force DJ Moore into the action. That was the quote from the sideline reporter about trying to get DJ Moore involved. They were not able to do that, and they were not able to do a lot of things on offense for myriad reasons. Olin Krutz, Lawrence Holmes on the post-game show. Every single Bears game when we follow, we get followed by the post-game. Usually it's Mully, Olin, and Patrick Manley. They do a great job in the post-game. But Lawrence Holmes did a fantastic job filling in, just asking some really, really good questions to Olin Krutz. I think that was the best. That was my favorite part about the post-game. You know, it, it's one thing for us to come on here and, you know, give our opinions on, on what, we, what we're seeing for the, from the Chicago Bears. That's without question. But to be able to get analysis from Olin Krutz, a guy who not only played the game at a super high level, but is also passionate about this Bears team. Just a fantastic job by Lawrence Holmes today. Uh, so I'm glad you guys were able to enjoy that. Um, there was another cut that I was listening to specifically. We'll play it in a little bit next hour. Olin Krutz talking about why Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick were struggling at the center position. And I thought that was just fantastic stuff because we all saw it firsthand. I mean, the fact that you know, 40% of the snaps, what it seemed like, were off-center for Justin Fields to or Tyson Bajan to to secure. To be able to hear Olin Krutz explain it, one thing for me to do it, all I'm going to say is Cody Wire sucks. I can't do it as eloquently as, as Olin Krutz can. And we'll play that for, for you in just a little bit. But, you know, they were mentioning DJ Moore right there. And again, there's so much... So many areas to be frustrated in. And that's what I've been asking you. You know, what are you frustrated about? What are you most frustrated about? 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez. Live and local here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank. And it's not a game, Illinois.com. But but curious about, about your, your frustration level with these with the Chicago Bears team. Because you can point to the DJ Moore stuff. That was extremely frustrating in the first half. To, to look in the box score and see, I know he had two targets, but to see the one catch, it was frustrating. Because you're saying to yourself, like, dude, what is going on here? Just get this guy the ball. That was frustrating. Dante Foreman not getting the ball a ton. That's been frustrating me since the beginning of the season. But I feel like, you know, in this game in particular, I just feel like he should have had more, more, more opportunities. He proved that he deserved to get a couple more shots, more than 15. And I understand you're trying to spread out the ball with Darren Nevins, who came in and was a serviceable backup. But Dante Foreman, that, that, that bothered me. Again, I, there's, there's a lot of levels of frustration there. Luke Getzey in the play calling in certain moments, head scratching. And that was frustrating because the coaching staff showed that they were competent last year making adjustments at halftime, changing the game plan for Justin Fields so that it is more run-heavy. They did these things. So I was giving them the benefit of the doubt this year, saying, oh, okay, well, I can see where they would make adjustments again. I could see where they've proven it. Let's give them the opportunity to do so. And then you see it, and you're just like, you, it was almost like you, got, you, you were reminded that there were regular human beings calling these calls. There's not some algorithm that crunches a number and then pops out the best possible play in that moment. No, there's a human being saying to himself and then the team, this is what I think we should be running in this moment. It's a lot of pressure. 
But we get to scrutinize it because that's your job. You get paid a lot of money to make the right decisions. Luke Getze, you get paid a lot of money so that on second and one with your undrafted quarterback, second and one, you probably should give the ball to Deontay Foreman. Why? Because you threw it to DJ Moore. Darnell Muddy couldn't hold the block the same way that Chase Claypool couldn't. But actually, couldn't. not that he couldn't hold the block. He couldn't find the guy to block on that play, on that pass to DJ Moore. DJ Moore gets tackled for the loss, and on third and fourth down, you still don't run the ball. Head-scratching moments. Those are the ones that I'm talking about. So, so a lot of levels of frustration here. And I'm curious, what, what was that for you? 312-644-6767. Text lines. I mean... There was somebody on here earlier about uh, about an hour ago. They must have sent in like 50 text messages because I was coming down hard on Justin Fields. Like there is still, and, I underst- and understandably so, a contingent of people that are still that still believe in Justin Fields and his ability to, to operate this offense and, and, and lead this team not only to the playoffs, but to a championship. Like they still feel that way. He was 6 for 10 for 60 yards in the first half. What? That's like, who? How can you point to those numbers and be like, yeah, that's a guy that I believe in. Oh, it must. it's not him. It's the offensive line. It's not him. It's the, it's the guys he's throwing to. It's not him. It's the back play calling. No, no quarterback will be good in this system. Zero. I mean, damn, so Justin Fields gets no part of that blame pie? Zero? I'm the idiot. Then he poses the question. It was from the 630. He poses the question. He's like, oh, so 600 yards and eight touchdowns didn't mean anything, huh? And I was like, well, it was the fact that it was against two bad teams. And a large portion of the yards that Justin Fields had weren't in the air. They were yak by DJ Moore. Again, it was just, it just blew my mind. And, and if anything, that, that, contributes to my argument about Justin Fields and that there's a, a, a huge level of inconsistency that exists. The only thing that he's consistent about is that he's inconsistent. It should not have shocked you today that Justin Fields had a subpar game today. I know what you wanted. You wanted Justin Fields to perform well. So did I. Check my text messages to Lawrence Holmes. I literally sent him crying emojis and said, damn, I just wanted him to be good today. The fact that he regressed, or not regressed, the fact that he was who he was, a guy that, you know, sometimes he's going to have a good game and sometimes he's going to have a bad game. But again, I'm worried about, or I'm curious of what your frustration level is. What are you frustrated about? 312-644-6767. Let's go to Don out in Chicago. So, Don, what what are you most frustrated about when it comes to this Bears team? Where's the emotion? Where's the heart? Where's the frustration? Show it. Get mad, get upset, get pissed off, right? Yeah. Dick days, <laughs> right? Sometimes you got to yell at a player. Sometimes you got to throw your, your headset down on the ground or whatever. You know, like sometimes you have to do that, right? Because you're upset because the passion's there. I just don't see the passion in like Eberflus. I just don't see it. Like, what would that look like to you then, Don? I mean, right? Like, it's one thing to say you want to see passion, but what what does that look like? It looks like, well, passion might equal wins, I suppose, because you're just so dedicated. I, I You say, what does it look like? Again, I was just saying, like, maybe, again, throwing things around. I know that's not, like, you know, like, the you know, the the best way of doing things, but you get upset. You you. You, you instead of telling everybody every time you get the questions, oh, we're almost there, we're almost there. Say no, we messed up. No, this is not right. Don't come up there every time with the same over and over answer. Come in there sometimes and, and be disappointed. Right? Have it. You know. Ha- don't take the questions lightly. Take them hard. Right? Be upset. That's a great point. Don, and I, and I got to be honest, it was a couple weeks ago that Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley were on the post game, And, oh, we got it? Oh, I love it. I, I, listen to this, Don, and then we'll discuss right after this. Listen to this cut of Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley talking about exactly what you're talking about. 
which is mm-hmm. the fact that no one's coming out and saying that the team sucks. Listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah. You don't have that multiplier quarterback. How long it takes to learn how to win in the NFL, to learn how to get the guys, everyone moving in the right direction. It takes a long time. When you look at this roster, Pat, you tell me who you think that is that circled the wagons this week. There's nobody, and it should be number one. And I was thinking about, I went back and looked during the last break. In 05, it made me think about, you were talking about leadership and taking ownership of your team. Remember when Mike Brown said, I think he said, we're just terrible. It's like we suck. You know, we started mm-hmm. one and three that year in 05, and that's when we made the change. We went on to win seven games in a row. But I remember reading that and hearing about that because I didn't hear him say it. Mm-hmm. And I looked, and you know, I'm like, whoa, he's right. He actually said it. He's, and it was funny because it didn't offend you because he no. was right. Right, exactly. You heard that, Don? That's exactly yeah, what I you're do. talking about. Pretty much. Yeah, like get offended once in a while. <laughs> or just get have upset. somebody on the team call a spade a spade. Hey, yes. we need better play from Precisely. the quarterback. Like DJ, not, DJ Moore can't say it. He just got there. Right, but someone stepping up and being like, "Hey, yeah. we all got to play better." Yeah, we can come down to yeah. Justin, but everybody, we 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 all as a as a unit collectively haven't been playing well, and that that could come from the coach too. Who would you rather that come from, Don? Would you rather it come from Eberflus or or would you rather it come from one of the players? Well, in all honesty, both. But I I guess it starts at the top. I'd like to see Eberflus, you know, bite the ball and say, "Hey." We kind of suck right now, or, or, or however he wants to say it. You know, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth, but I guess it comes from the top. But, man, I, I can't see if you're a player in the organization and it's going this way. Don't you feel compelled to say something? I don't know. You know, like, and then – I don't know who wants to come. If this is the way it goes, who's going to want to come play for the team? You know what I mean? Like if this is, and and then I can go all the McCaskies and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> like I almost just want to see, I just got to hit the reset button almost. I hate to say that, but that's the way I feel. Yeah. And I don't think that Don necessarily it's hitting the reset button. It's just wanting something different, right? Just wanting something different. And I think that's okay. We want continued success for the Chicago Bears, and that's all you're doing. And my my theme all day has been to be greedy, to want more, to 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 see a, a stat line that says six for ten for sixty yards with a thirty five QBR, and just say to yourself, "This just isn't good enough," and it's okay for me to go look somewhere else. You're not beholden to Justin Fields, and again, it's no knock at Justin Fields; it's a good quarterback, but that's not what I want. I don't want a good quarterback. I want to go to the playoffs. Don't you guys want to win a playoff game? I do. I, I want, as a fan, I, w- I want to see a playoff win. I wouldn't mind getting to the Super Bowl again. That was fun, even though the Bears lost. Watching Devin Hester return that first kickoff for a tutty, that was like one of my sports highlight moments of my life. So, yeah, it's, I, I, all I'm saying is I, I, want, I want something different. I want to be greedy with what I want, and I think that's okay. And I want to play you guys a little bit more audio from the post game. They did a fantastic job, did Lawrence Holmes and Olin Krutz. We're going to get some more, some more of that on the other side, but we're also taking your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Another texter from the 630 said, frustrated with the offensive line. Listen, there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated. And I want to hear what yours are. 312-644-6767, your phone calls, and some more post-game audio in the 3 o'clock hour coming up. It's Gabe Ramirez. Right here on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.